Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question. What do you think of the Messiah? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. He said to them, how is it then that David by the Spirit calls him Lord? saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If David thus calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one was able to give him an answer, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. On August 16, 1987, Northwest Flight Number 225 crashed just after taking off from Detroit Memorial, Detroit Metropolitan Airport, killing 155 people. Only one person survived, a four-year-old from Tempe, Arizona, named Cecilia. When the rescuers found Cecilia, they didn't believe she was on the plane. They thought she was in one of the cars on the highway that the, air, the airplane uh, crashed into. But investigators, when they looked at the um, passenger register for the flight was checked, there was Cecilia's name. And they were puzzled. How in the world did she survive with minor burns and minor injuries? And Cecilia told them, even in her young age, she survived because even as the plane was falling, Cecilia's mother, Paula, unbuckled her own seatbelt, got down on her knees in front of her daughter, wrapped her arms and body around Cecilia, and would not let go. Nothing could separate that child from her parents' love. Nothing. Neither tragedy nor disaster, neither the fall nor the flames to come. Sounds like Paul's letter to the Romans when he says nothing will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. Neither height nor depth nor life nor death nor angels nor principalities can ever separate us from the love of God. As we go through this pandemic, there's many stories, some in our own lives, some we hear on the news, that we go through and they're of the love of a parent or a spouse or a friend or a church member or even a stranger can make a sacrificial difference in the life of someone. In today's gospel reading from Matthew, 
we see Jesus preparing to offer the ultimate act of sacrificial love, his own death. He has come to Jerusalem for the last time, and he's coming into the temple every day, this city's religious center, for the four days between when he came and when Passover was, when his arrest, his trial, and his crucifixion would take place. Last week, we saw in the Gospel of Matthew this unlikely band of Herodians and a group of Pharisees as they joined forces to come to see if they could trip him up, if they could catch Jesus in a compromising statement about a Roman coin. They asked him, should taxes be paid to Caesar? They had to give him a coin. He didn't even have one. Instead of falling into their trap, however, he simply said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. Why was he doing this? Why was he going into the temple for these days to allow these enemies of his to try to trip him up, try to find something that he says, a compromising situation? Does he have a motive? Well, of course he has a motive. Jesus always had a reason for what he was doing, but for every detail he was to complete. That's why on the cross he said, when he said, it is finished, everything that he was called to do had been done. He has come to Jerusalem to fulfill his role as the Passover lamb. In the book of Exodus, chapter 12, God gives Moses the plan of how the Passover is to be celebrated. First, a lamb is to be taken, not just any lamb, a lamb that is one-year-old, a lamb that is perfect in every way, no spot or blemish, no cut, no bruise, and it's to be put up for, 14, for four days, from the 10th to the 14th. You could call it protective custody, if you would. And each day, the lamb must be inspected to make sure that no cut or bruise or any kind of uh, imperfection would, do, would disqualify him from being the pure Paschal lamb that would be sacrificed at Passover. And that lamb's blood would be spread on the doorpost and the lintel so that the death angel would pass over and not take the firstborn of that house. During his last days, Jesus, before Passover, he went into the city of Jerusalem in order to be inspected by the religious leaders. They asked him many things, trying to find an imperfection in his character or in his theology. But he satisfied every question that they asked. This last group that came today in a reading attempted to trip him up. They were Pharisees. And one of them, a lawyer, asked Jesus, what was the greatest commandment? And without even thinking, Jesus went to Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5. We say this every Sunday. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind and strength. Then Jesus added the text we had today from Leviticus 19. 
And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. When he had answered all their questions, the scripture tells us that they did not dare ask him anymore. He had passed the inspection. Truly he was the Lamb of God that came to take away the sins of the world. And as the centurion said at the foot of the cross, truly this was the Son of God. I received a phone call last week that nearly broke my heart. Some of you will remember Jim Ritchie and his wife, Louise. Jim and Louise were a great couple, and they're wonderful to sit and talk with. And Jim was a, was a great woodworker. He did a lot of uh, volunteer work with Habitat for Humanity. And we have a lot of his handiwork around this church, our front doors and as much in the chapel that was his. But Jim and Louise have been longtime members of St. Francis, but they lived in Carrollton, Kentucky. And so as they had gotten older, that journey from Carrollton to Herod's Creek got a lot longer and harder. And they came less and less. And you know, when you're not around, people forget you. Jim died suddenly this past spring, and I went to Carrollton to do the uh, memorial service. And I met his family, his sons and his daughter. And they were there for a while, but they lived way out west. And so, they had to get on with their life, and so they couldn't stay forever, and so they left to take over their jobs and their homes of their own life, which left Louise alone to handle the grief of losing someone who had been a constant and beloved companion for over 30 years. I can't imagine the loneliness and the emptiness that his void has created in her life. As we talked last week, she asked if it was okay if she could talk to me. She didn't want to impose. And I said, I'll talk to you as long as you want to. And as I was talking to her, I realized that this was an opportunity for me and for us if we choose to, to take it. I have to make time and try to make a difference in this woman's life, COVID or not. The need here is simple, take some time. Go visit, send a card, flowers, phone her. Whatever would give Louise some personal time as she grieves for her lost love. We can't take her loss away from her. We can't bring Jim back. We can stand in the gap for her. We can help her carry that load. We cannot let her fall through the crack. and let her know that she's forgotten. We must not. In the simplest way, this is what Jesus meant by loving the Lord your God and loving your neighbor as yourself. Would God want us to do any less? Wouldn't I want people to step into my pain and grief or Evelyn's if I should die? It's a small sacrifice, but a giant step forward to touch someone in need. 
Some of you may remember the old Paul Newman movie, Cool Hand Luke. It's one of my favorites. Newman's character was thrown into this southern prison camp, and he, had, he was a rebel. And so he, was, he had done something that was, it was a, an infraction in the uh, rules, and he got thrown in what they called the sweat box. And it's a, it's a box outside of in the, in, the, uh, in the yard. And we're talking about dead August summer. It was really hot. He's released from the box just in time to have lunch. But he's so sick with the heat, there's no way he could eat. So as this scene ends with him sitting at the table surrounded by a number of other men, all the other men get up to leave, and as they do, each of them reaches over into his plate and takes a spoonful of food or a forkful of food and eat it. So that when everybody is done, his plate is empty. Rather than have to go and to face that sweltering heat again. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. As each of us looks around where we have been these past months, we can see needs that cry out to be addressed. We each have the decision to make of whether we will be part of that, of helping that person and to help meet their needs. Some needs might require a sacrifice, but others need only for us to reach over into someone's life with our spoon or fork and take a portion of their load. Either way, we need to understand that it is God who put this encounter in front of us. And his desire for us is to help meet that need, to touch the person, even in this awkward and difficult time, There have been people that have been on your radar screen in the past few days or weeks or months. In this time of stress and with the tension of this pandemic, I hope you will listen to the voice of God as he gives you this opportunity to reach out and minister that same love that he poured out for you and me. Thinking of the sacrifice that Jesus gave for each of us, seeing him go into the temple in Jerusalem to let these religious leaders inspect him, then knowing the price he would be paying in a few days willingly for our eternal lives to be saved. Could we do any less? When God sends those people onto your radar screen, take a moment and find your fork or your spoon and reach into their life and take a spoonful of whatever they're dealing with. You will not only lighten their load, you'll be loving the Lord, your God, and loving your neighbor as yourself.